Will the Rams beat the Seahawks in their season opener? That's coming up next on Locked on Rams. You are Locked on Rams, your daily Los Angeles Rams podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, 12s. This is Corbin Smith, your host for the Locked On Seahawks podcast. It's time for our first crossover Thursday of the 2023 season. Glad to be joined by Doug McCain of Locked On Rams. And we're going to be diving deep into this upcoming week one matchup at Lumen Field between the Seahawks and the Rams. Always exciting when these two teams get together, especially because the Rams are going to be at close to full strength, there is one big name that is going to be missing for them on the offensive side of the football, and I'm sure that we'll have an opportunity to dive into that. The Seahawks with high expectations, much different than last year. Rams, they had high expectations a year ago, and they are kind of where the Seahawks were last season. So going to be really interesting to see where both these teams are at to kickstart the season on our first crossover episode of the year, which is brought your way by our friends at prize picks the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prizepicks.com slash locked in nfl and use the code all lowercase locked in nfl for a first deposit match up to 100 dollars. doug last year we didn't get to see even though the matchups ended up being tight it, were, it was not the same compelling matchups that we've seen between these teams in the past because Aaron Donald was out both games. Cooper Cup was out both games between these teams. Matthew Stafford was out both games between these teams. And two of those players are going to be back in action for the Rams, which is a big deal in Sunday's opener. But unfortunately for them, I feel like this has got to be one of the biggest talking points coming to this game. They're not going to be at full strength in terms of the remaining stars that they have from that Super Bowl team two years ago. Absolutely, Corbin. That is the number one storyline in the Rams universe right now. The Rams are coupless in Seattle. Cooper Cup will not be in uniform. It will not be participating, and that is a major blow. There is no way to sugarcoat it. Make no mistake about it is a massive blow to this Rams offense because that was one of the reasons why this Rams team felt internally why they could compete this year. It's because you have a healthy Matthew Stafford, a healthy Cooper Cup, an improved offensive line, and their goal was to outscore opponents, right, to light up the scoreboard while their young, inexperienced defense was trying to figure some things out and if you look at last season just to kind of give you idea of how important Cooper Cup is to this Rams offense I mean in 2022 before suffering that season-ending ankle injury in nine games he accounted for 35 percent of their scrimmage yards okay I mean you're talking about a guy that does so much for this offense they use him as the F receiver the option routes the loss dramatically impacts their passing game their run game as a blocker so it is a major blow for this Rams offense and they're gonna need some guys guys like Van Jefferson guys like Ben Skoranek, Demarcus Robinson, Tutu Atwell, Tyler Higby. Guys have to step up because they're not going to be Cooper Cup, but hopefully they can be received by committee and do enough to make this game interesting. Yeah, I'll admit, when I saw the news coming out last week that Cup had re-aggravated his hamstring injury and that he was going to need to see somebody for a second opinion, I was surprised at that point that I was going to be surprised if he could play in this game, with it being week one. And that is kind of a big deal in the sense that when you look at the Seahawks 
And, you know, they've got plenty of star power. But going into this game, really the biggest storyline has been the health or lack of health for their incoming rookie draft class, which they are really excited about. I don't know that they're as excited as they were last year's class that was so outstanding as rookies, but it's pretty close. They have a lot of expectations for this group. And yet Devin Witherspoon, Jackson Smith and Jigba and a bunch of their other rookies missed time in training camp in the preseason because of various injuries and a week ago, it felt like Seattle might not have a good chunk of these players available in week one. But unlike the Rams, who are going to have to wait a week at least to have Cooper Cup back on the field, the Seahawks think they're going to be able to unleash most, if not all, of these rookies. Jackson Smith and Jigba, less than three weeks after wrist surgery, he's a full participant at practice. Pete Carroll said yesterday he's ready to go. He's going to be playing on Sunday. So they're going to have all three of their top receivers Devin Witherspoon is the one that's right now a 50-50 proposition, but it seems like he is pushing the Seahawks to get on the field after not playing the preseason. Their top five pick is hoping to play in this football game, and they're going to have Mike Morris, Cameron Young, their two young defensive tackles from this draft class that are expected to play big roles. They're going to have Zach Charbonnet. They should have most, if not all, of their rookies ready to go, which I think is a big deal because they want to get this exciting draft class out there and contribute. It's one of the reasons the expectations are so high in Seattle going into the season. They had a great draft class last year, and now you've got this draft class that's got so many exciting pieces. You want to see them get on the field, and they haven't been able to do that in the first month with the team because of these various injuries, but now you can get them on the field and, and see if these guys can make a similar impact to last year's group. And certainly it's a different storyline than with the Rams who are trying to figure out how do we replace Cooper Cup. The Seahawks are like, hey, we're hoping we're going to have all these guys available here in week one so that we can unleash our entire array of skill players and our offensive and defensive linemen with this rookie class. Yeah, and it feels like, look, the Seahawks, they got a lot of good news from an injury front this week. The Rams, they got some of the worst news they could receive in the Cooper Cup. Part of their big three is out. And yeah, Jackson Smith and Jigba, I'm excited to see him on the field. Of course, hopefully he doesn't have a lot of production, but I was at that game at the Rose Bowl where he set the record, 15 catches, three touchdowns, 347 yards. That's a major boost to get some of those rookies in, to plug them in in their first game against this Rams team. But yeah, I mean, kind of circling back to Cooper Cub, I think the silver lining in all of this is the fact that you are going to have some opportunities to build chemistry, to build rapport, and for Matthew Stafford to find guys that aren't Cooper Cup. Sometimes I say that if Matthew Stafford had a podcast, it would be called Locked On Cup because for a reason you would expect, he's such a great receiver, you want to go to him. You're up in Seattle, he's the cream to his coffee, right? And he's someone that he relies upon. But now you've got guys like Van Jefferson. This is a big year for Van Jefferson, and that's kind of one of the players you want to be watching early on in this game. Can Matthew Stafford establish a rapport with Van Jefferson because in 2021, he had a breakout year, 50 catches, 800 yards. He caught Stafford's first touchdown last year. He caught the game winner there against the Raiders when Baker Mayfield hopped off the plane and led this Rams team to an improbable victory. But that's the big key because Van Jefferson, he's in a contract here. He's fully healthy. All the reports out of camp is that they've had a great connection together. And look, another thing you have to factor in too is last year at this time, Matthew Stafford, he was on a pitch count. He was dealing with an elbow injury during training camp. He's throwing towels and this and that. Now he's back to throwing darts. Now he's back to full strength. And I think that that is going to be the biggest key. Who steps up? And also too, I'll add to add to that, 
Corbin, is how does this impact the play calling? Because Cubs injury is going to have a dramatic impact on that. And I think what they're going to do is they're going to try to reestablish that run game. They have new offensive coordinator, Michael LaFleur. We know he has an emphasis on the run. And I think this is going to be a massive year for Cam Akers. I think it's the first time that he truly realized that potential of being a workhorse back in a very strong finish to the 2022 season. This year, I think he carries that momentum. And you see, if the Rams can establish the run early, that can help supplement what they're going to lose in Cooper Cup. Yeah, I think the run game is going to be critical for both teams in this football game. But I look at what the Seahawks are going to be dealing with. At the end of the day, yes, Cooper Cup being out is significant. But there is still a mountain of a man on the other side of the ball on the defensive line that the Seahawks did not have to worry about in the two games last year. He is going to be playing. Number 99 is going to be out there. And so even if the rookies are playing for the Seahawks, the ones they're so excited about, none of those guys are going to be matched up against number 99. But nonetheless, that is like each and every time these teams get together, if they're playing at full strength. That is going to be the matchup that is going to be the telling one. I am interested to see how the Rams passing game looks without Cooper Cup because he's not somebody that dominates downfield. That's not the way that he racks up yards. But guys like Tutu Atwell, Van Jefferson, that's their game. Those guys like to win downfield, particularly somebody like Atwell that was clocked in the four twos by some people. Those kind of players can win downfield. And so how does that match up against the Seahawks secondary, which they think is going to be one of the best in the NFL? And they like to, they, you know, they got a guy like Quandre Diggs that's pretty tough to throw deep against because he covers so much ground. So it, it is a compelling matchup from that sense. But don't sugarcoat it, as we'll be talking about more here in a moment. Uh, number 99's presence returning is, to me, the biggest deal heading into this football game anytime you play the Rams. When he is healthy out there on uh, that defensive line, that tends to be what dictates games. And we're going to have more of an opportunity to dive into that as we look at some key matchups heading into this NFC West opener between the Rams and Seahawks. We'll get to those here in a moment on Crossover Thursday on the Locked On Podcast Network, which is brought your way by our friends at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. It's just you against the numbers. Instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks, you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in. Prize Picks is really simple to play. I can make my picks and submit an entry in less than 60 seconds. This week on Prize Picks, I'm selecting Geno Smith for more than two touchdown passes and Amandre St. Brown for more than 50 receiving yards. Prize Picks is an absolute blast each week and it's an easy way to enjoy daily fantasy without any hassle and land quick winnings. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked in NFL and use the code locked in NFL. For a first deposit match up to $100, that's prizepicks.com slash LockedInNFL and use the code LockedInNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. You're listening to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks. I'm glad to be joined by Doug McCain of Locked On Rams. We've got an exciting week one matchup on tap, NFC West rivals. The Rams traveling up to the Pacific Northwest to battle the Seahawks. And it should be an exciting one at Lumen Field. Let's get to some key matchups to watch here, Doug. Heading into this game, two familiar opponents, and yet both teams have quite a few changes going into this season, especially the Rams. So many key players that left this offseason. They've got a lot of newcomers, a lot of rookies. 
They're going to be stepping in, playing vital roles. But when you look at this matchup on Sunday, what is the one set of matchups, the one individual matchup that you have highlighted where you feel like this could really dictate who wins this football game? Yeah, as far as individual matchups, I'm definitely looking at Akella Witherspoon versus DK Metcalf. And we know the history they have back in 2021 when Witherspoon was with the 49ers. He was great. He was one of the better cornerbacks in the league. Last year, he dealt with a hamstring injury in Pittsburgh. The Rams, they picked him up late. And that's kind of the big question for me is, can he be that guy that can match up on the outside? Of course, he has the size 6'2", 195. He's athletic. And they're going to need someone on the outside that can match up with bigger, more physical receivers. And I think that's something where, look, if this Rams defensive line can find a way to get any type of pressure, any type of pass rushing, find a way to stop the run. And that's the biggest question. This one, can you put the ball in Geno Smith's hands and make him throw it? And do you have success in the secondary? And I think that's kind of the matchup that I'm looking at. I think another one I'm looking at too, as far as cornerbacks go is Trey Tomlinson. Now Trey Tomlinson, he's someone that I think you're going to want to familiarize yourself with. He was a sixth round pick. Of course, his uncle is Ladanian Tomlinson. And this is someone who, if he was two inches taller, we're talking about a guy that would have been at the very least a first round pick a late first round pick, something in that range. He was a Jim Thorpe award winner. He's big, aggressive. He's feisty. If he was on the Colorado college football team with coach prime, he would have a D on his Jersey because he's got that dog in him. Right? So he's going to be matched up on the outside as well. How are they going to be able to neutralize Tyler Lockett, Jackson Smith and Jigba, this healthy wide receiver core. That's going to be a big key. Yeah, and you also forgot the great Jake Bobo as well. You're going to have to deal with him after this preseason. But I love that you mentioned Witherspoon because I was actually going to delve into that because there's actually more history to that. Akella Witherspoon was with the Seahawks a couple years ago in training camp, and he was one of their big free agent signings. And he and DK Metcalf went at it on the practice field a lot, and Metcalf won most of those battles. But then they traded Witherspoon to the Steelers midway through training camp after signing him only a few months earlier in free agency. So uh, there's a little bit of a revenge factor there maybe for Akella Witherspoon. You guys signed me and they gave up on me that quick. But you look at the corners the Seahawks have stockpiled, you can see why they've made some of the moves they did, including that one. So that is that is a spicy matchup from a perspective that Witherspoon was with the Seahawks for like five minutes before he was traded away to the Steelers. But for me, it all starts with Aaron Donald. And I know our listeners, we get plenty of messages. Like, why do you always talk about Aaron Donald when the Rams and Seahawks come? Why would I not talk about Aaron Donald? He is, in my opinion, he is the most dominant defensive player that I have watched in person since I've been covering the NFL. And there are some really good defensive players in this league, but then there's Aaron Donald. He is just on another level. I have watched him absolutely obliterate Seattle's offensive lines year after year. Last year didn't get the, you know, I'm going to say the luxury of watching because I love watching Aaron Donald. You love watching elite players and you want to beat elite players. The Seahawks didn't get to face him last year, but this is truly going to be the ultimate litmus test in week one for an interior offensive line for the Seahawks that I expect is going to be much better than it was last year. Austin Blythe, great guy, but he struggled in the run game all year, and he was a big part of the reason their offense struggled to be able to be balanced late last season. Evan Brown, I think, is immediately an upgrade there at the center position. Phil Haynes, the Seahawks were much better when he played last year than Gabe Jackson. He is now the full-time guy. I think they're going to be better at that position. But 
you still got to deal with Aaron Donald. And I just don't know, are those two guys going to be able to work in tandem to help out Damian Lewis at left guard has had some issues with Aaron Donald. Everybody does with an elite talent like that. But I just think the Seahawks, they are equipped to have a really explosive offense, a top three caliber offense, but this is going to be a great test. Are they going to be able to throw the ball the way they want to? Are they going to be able to run the ball the way they want to because of Aaron Donald's ability to single-handedly destroy offensive game plans? And so that first and foremost, that is the matchup that I'm going to be watching closely throughout this game. And you go to the other side of the football when the Seahawks are on defense. I always point out Quandre Diggs versus Matthew Stafford because of their friendship, their relationship, the, the fact that these guys are are high stakes players that make impact plays. But I got to go this year with Bobby Wagner going up against Cam Akers in that run game. Cause Bobby Wagner, it's such a unique story. He was Rams legend. for 10 years, goes to the Rams for a year. Now he's back in Seattle and he got to pick Sean McVay's brain last year. He says, I might have a few wrinkles to throw at them. Now they might have some new wrinkles to throw at Bobby Wagner and it makes it the ultimate chess match. So I'm really excited to see how that ends up playing out because Wagner showed last year he's still an elite player in his early 30s. I thought he looked faster in training camp than he did two years ago for the Seahawks. So somehow the guy just continues to play at a high level. I want to see this chess match, though. Sean McVay, Lafleur, his run game going up against Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks, who I don't know how he did it, but less than eight months after ACL surgery was out practicing and he is going to be ready to play in this game. So that is going to be a really fun matchup for me to watch. I think impacts this game. Seattle can slow down the run game, make the Rams one dimensional. I think that puts the Seahawks in a great position to be able to win this football game. Rams legend, Bobby Wagner. Hey, I will admit he does look right back with the Seahawks. So that just didn't feel right last year, but he does have his fingerprints on this defense. As far as the influence and impact he had on some of these young Rams players like Ernest Jones kind of showed him the way kind of modeled the way. And really they took that from, they even talk about it heading into this season. So yeah, that's going to be a very interesting storyline, but kind of circling back to Aaron Donald. I think you could make the case as far as the Rams go right now, the focus is on the offense. The focus is like, okay, what do they do without Cooper cup? Really? I think you could make the case that the number one storyline is how does this Rams young defensive line, how do they work with the Aaron Donald effect? Does the Aaron Donald effect take place? Because you look at some of the early returns on the rookies, as far as the preseason goes, they were towards the bottom when it comes to generating pass rush, getting to the quarterback, stopping the run. It was bad all preseason, but you couldn't make a fair assessment of that because Aaron Donald was not in the lineup. This guy is a game wrecker. He's the Hulk in football cleats. And you talk about those double teams since 2017, He's been double teamed 152 times more than the next guy and still has a 26% pass rush win rate. You look at those numbers right there. That tells you that there is an opportunity for some of these guys to benefit. So I think really the biggest matchup I'm looking at as far as as a whole is can these young guys win their one-on-ones? Can they find a way to get to Geno Smith? Can they find a way to stop this run game? Because I think that Pete Carroll is going to test them early. He's going to see if you can gash them on the ground. And if that's the case, then the Rams offense is not going to have the ball enough to put up points if that's going to be their strategy. So look for guys to see if they can benefit from this Aaron Donald effect and look for guys like Kobe Turner on the interior. He's a rookie. Bobby Brown, a second-year guy. Veteran Jonah Williams has had some positive moments during the preseason, but they are going to need to find a way to play the run. And if you look at the style, I mean, the way the Rams are built up front... 
Can they force teams to throws? Bless you, my man. Um, and is the secondary going to be able to be put in a position to be their strength? Because you look at the way they play gap and a half scheme. Can they stop the run? So yeah, Aaron Donald, we'll see early on. Can these rookies take their game to the next level playing alongside him? Because he's a guy that can take good players to great players, great players to elite. But is he going to be that meme where he's the Bugatti that's at the trailer park? You cannot have that. This is the NFL. You need 11 guys on that side of the ball. Yeah, there's no question about it. And I, I think from Seattle's perspective, just going away from the matchups, to me, the most important player in this game from Seattle's perspective, if they want to win, I can't cite out just one player. I'm just going to say it's that interior O-line. And I know it's not the sexiest pick. You know, everybody wants to talk about Geno Smith and Metcalf and Lockett and Jackson Smith and Jigba, Ken Walker the third. All those skill guys are fantastic. And Seattle's going to put a lot of pressure on opposing defenses with those weapons that they have. And they have solid tackles in Charles Cross and Abraham Lucas. But in this game in particular, you're not going to be able to get your run game going Geno Smith's not going to have time to be able to throw the ball to those weapons if number 99 and the rest of this Rams line is, is getting immediate penetration and they're disrupting the backfield. So that as any time you play the Rams, that is the number one central focus. It's number two, number three, number 1,000. You have got to find a way. You're not going to slow down Aaron Donald completely. You're not going to stop him completely. He's going to make his plays. But can you neutralize him enough and force the other players on that Rams defensive line with a lot of new faces? Can you force them to make plays? And is the interior offensive line going to be able to keep all those guys at bay, especially if they're double teamed at number 99? That puts a lot of strain on the rest of your line against the rest of the Rams defensive linemen. Can you get the job done and not let any of those other guys do damage? So, like, anytime you face the Rams, that's what you're going to have to deal with. When we come back here on our crossover Thursday edition of Locked on Seahawks. We are going to be diving into the keys to victory. What does each team have to do to win this season opener at Lumen Field? We'll be diving into that. Plus, we'll be dishing out some predictions for the game as well. Don't go away. You're listening to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked on Podcast Network. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. When I was a site manager, LinkedIn Jobs was my go-to to post writing positions to land top candidates, and they made the process easy and seamless. All you have to do is create your job post and add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked in NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked in NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You're listening to Crossover Thursday here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm Corbin Smith of Locked On Seahawks. Glad to be joined by Doug McCain of Locked On Rams. And a special thanks to all the 12s and Rams fans out there, as always, for making Locked On Seahawks and Locked On Rams your first listen five days a week. All right, Doug, we are drawing closer to this season opener, a much-anticipated one, Seahawks-Rams at Lumen Field. Looking at the Rams, they are five-and-a-half-point underdogs heading into this game. 
They've had all the losses with veteran stars, Jalen Ramsey and company departing. Bobby Wagner coming back to Seattle. It's a team that doesn't have very high expectations going to the season, but Seahawks fans know Seattle did not have high expectations last year after trading Russell Wilson, and they ended up making the playoffs. So the Rams are going to be hoping to make something similar happen with some of the star power that they still have, some exciting young players. Looking at this game, how looking at this game, what do the Rams have to get done to go to Seattle and get the victory? Well, first and foremost, they need to decide what's the approach going to be on offense. Can you overcome the loss of Cooper Cup? Who does step up? Is it a Van Jefferson? Is it a Tutu Atwell? Does he have his coming out party? Does veteran Demarcus Robinson get an opportunity and run with it? How about rookie Puka Nakua? Well, I definitely think you should familiarize yourself with because people have been calling him Bobby Trees 2.0. Robert Woods, can he have an impact in his absence? Do they go more tight end heavy with a 12, 12 personnel, 21 personnel? Do you see more Tyler Higby? And I think you also consider the fact that we've seen in the past that Sean McVay, sometimes he'll ditch the run, right? Will he, there be more of an emphasis on the run knowing that Cooper cup is out. That is the big key for me. Can you establish the run on offense and can you stop the run on defense? Because what we saw in the preseason, all these young players you see right now in the NFL, most teams, they're going to pound the rock more too high safety shells playing gap and a half in the running game. So can you stop the run? Can you get something from Guys not named Aaron Donald. Guys that aren't wearing number 99. And I think you can make things interesting. I think a lot of people expect the Rams just to lay down without Cooper Cup. This team led by Sean McVay. They're going to go up to Seattle and they're going to see what happens. Yeah, I'm really excited to see some of these new pieces for the Rams. Some of them are not so new. Some of these guys played in those two games last year. And I know Pete Carroll certainly has taken notice, especially some of the players in the secondary that could be seeing some snaps for the Rams. On the offensive side of the ball for the Seahawks to win this game, don't overcomplicate it. Do your thing. Play your game. And I think one of the biggest differences now with what Seattle's offense operates like with Geno Smith than it did with Russell Wilson, you don't have as much emphasis. They're going to make their throws downfield. Geno Smith was as good of a deep ball passer last year as anybody in the NFL. But all those years that Russell Wilson was under center, that was his game, was the deep ball. And Of course, that opens up a lot more time for the pass rush to get after Russell Wilson. Geno Smith last year excelled in the quick passing game, too. He got the tight ends more involved, and now Jackson Smith and Jig, but that's his bread and butter. He is a short to intermediate weapon that carves up the middle of defense. It was something they were missing. Now they've added him to go with the tight ends, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. So do your thing. Play your game. Don't try to get too cute with the deep ball, the shot. Take your shot a few times, but let the short to intermediate passing game help you negate Aaron Donald's presence to an extent, keep the chains moving, and you can use the run game to do that as well. So uh, really, you just got to play your game. When you are the favorite, which the Seahawks should be, they have more talent across the board than what the Rams do going into this game. You just have to play your game Don't get too cute. Don't turn the football over and keep the Rams in the game. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, getting after Matthew Stafford is always important. But as you mentioned, I think the Rams are going to come into Seattle and they're going to try to get that run game established. And why wouldn't you? Seattle ranked 30th last year against the run. They were atrocious trying to stop running backs. I can't tell you how many games where teams just ran roughshod on them. The Rams are going to come in and they're going to try to do that. And that's how you shorten games, especially on the road. 
move the chains, keep the ball out of Geno Smith's hands. So can this new look defensive line that has Draymond Jones, Jared Reed came back, they've got Mario Edwards, they've got two rookies, and Mike Morris and Cameron Young, they're going to be playing a lot of snaps too, especially coming off injury. They didn't get many preseason snaps. So there's still going to be some question marks with that defensive line. Are they going to be able to hold up against the run and force the Rams to beat them with the passing game, which goes into Seattle's strength, which is the back half of their defense and their secondary? Can that front line get the job done against the run? To me, that is going to be the second most important thing in this game. Slow down Aaron Donald, but can you keep that run game at bay for the Rams? And please, please, please stop jet sweeps. Uh, they've never been able to do it against the Rams. It doesn't, I mean, I joked about this and it's not really a joke. The Rams have been able to put a milkman in and run jet sweeps on the Seattle Seahawks the last couple of years. You have got to be able to set the edge and stop that part of Sean McVay's playbook in this game. If they're able to do that, make Matthew Stafford beat you without having Cooper Cup. The Seahawks have a very good secondary that plays into their strengths. That sets things up much more favorably. If they're getting gashed in the run game, though, that really complicates things. It keeps the ball out of the offense's hands, and it makes it much more difficult to beat this Rams squad. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's a fantastic point right there as far as scheming up this Rams defense and how they're going to attack that. We've seen the success they've had in the past with jet sweeps, with the way they've tried to attack this Seahawks defense. But I think the other big question I have, and I think one of the big storylines overall for the Seahawks is, is Geno Smith the real deal? Is he going to be a one-hit wonder? Is he going to be able to sustain what he did early in the season for an entire season? We had 30 touchdowns, 11 interceptions, and the lead the league in completion percentage. You gave him that contract. Is he going to be that guy? Is he going to be a one-hit wonder type? So I think we'll see if they can get him to throw on this defense because really that could be the strength of this Rams defense early on is their secondary as a group. And I think that if you can find a way to get that in motion and try to make that transpire. If you're the Rams, then you're going to start to feel good about that. And I think also the biggest key, it has to be the play of Matthew Stafford, because of course you feel good that he's healthy, but last year, even when he was in there for nine games, 10 touchdowns and eight interceptions, a 67.7 passing grade. So that is not the Matthew Stafford that we saw in 2021. The guy that accounted for 50 touchdowns, regular season and postseason combined. But last year he was hit. He was hit often. He took 63 hits in nine games. That was by far the most in the Sean McVay era in 2022. He was sacked 29 times in nine games. He was sacked only 30 times in 17 starts in 2021. So can you keep Matthew Stafford vertical and allow him to find some of these receivers that are trying to step in in Cubs absence? Let's get to our predictions now. I don't know if you're going to dish out your score prediction or not. I always look at the spread. And then on Friday, I dish out my score predictions. But right now, from FanDuel, the Seahawks are five-and-a-half-point favorites going into this game, Doug. Do you think that the Rams are able to keep it closer to that, or do you think that the Seahawks are going to cover the spread at home in this game? Look, I think my heart tells me one thing. My brain says something else, right? Lots of youth and inexperience, and we don't know, one, how these players are going to perform as rookies, and two, how much they're going to take advantage of playing alongside Aaron Donald. And, of course, we've talked about in depth this Rams offense without Cooper Cup. But also, I think that this Rams team's going to go up there knowing that, hey, they need this game. If you look at their schedule, it's front-loaded with a lot of brutal matchups. You got the 49ers at home next week. You got Cincinnati. You got Philadelphia. 
Philadelphia. You don't want to get out to a one and four start, an 0 and five start, and this season really goes south for you. So they need this game in the worst way. Sean McVay has had success against Pete Carroll in his career, eight and five in his career. Could have been 10 and three last year. Some of those games were close, has that postseason win. And I think yeah, last year was the first time that he was swept by Pete Carroll in the regular season. So to me, look, it's the first game. This is a little bit of a Homer Simpson pick here. And maybe after it, I'm going to lean back into the hedges like Homer Simpson. But I think the Rams do win this game against Seattle because they need it so desperately. Yeah, I think this game's going to be close. But th- here's the thing. I think that the Rams are going to be able to, to keep this game within five points. It just feels like, except for that 142-7 blowout, several years ago at Lumen Field. It seems like these two have really close back-and-forth matchups, even last year with all the injuries the Rams had. Those games were really close. So I'm expecting week one, expect the unexpected. So I think that this is going to be a close game. I think the Rams are going to keep it close. Now, whether or not they can win that game, I'll just close my score prediction tomorrow. But I will say this right now. I expect this to be a close game that I feel like both teams have a chance to win. And I think at five and a half points, you know, I I don't know that I would necessarily bet on this particular one because Seattle does have a more talented roster. They are playing at home. But again, it is the season opener. The Rams, as you mentioned, the schedule is going to get that much tougher for them. This is a game they feel like they've got to have. And Aaron Donald and company, they're going to be looking to prove to people we still can be a competitive unit here, the Los Angeles Rams. So I think under on five and a half, I don't know necessarily that the Seahawks are going to be able to cover that spread, but I expect a tightly contested NFC West matchup. And on our Blue Friday edition of Locked on Seahawks, I'll be dishing out my final score prediction. We'll have our picks to click. And I know, Doug, over at Locked on Rams that you will, you guys will have a bunch of extra stuff heading into Sunday's much anticipated opener. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to be covering this game in depth, breaking down the keys. I will say, I just think this Rams team, they're going to cut it loose. They're going to feel like they have nothing to lose. It's shocked the world, us against the world. They're going to go up there, have some fun, and try to win a football game. And also, too, it's a little bit like the circle of life in the NFC West, right? We know that Carroll owns Shanahan. McVay owns Carroll. Shanahan owns McVay in the regular season. It does feel like the circle of life there, but it's going to be very interesting, an exciting division matchup to kick things off. A lot on the line, a lot at stake for this Rams team as far as the direction they're heading in and i can't wait you can follow me on twitter at corbin smith nfl you can follow doug at dmac underscore la make sure to subscribe and follow locked on seahawks and locked on rams on youtube and wherever you listen to your podcast make sure you don't miss a single episode both locked on seahawks and locked on rams will have tons coming on our friday episodes as we continue to draw closer to the season opener seahawks rams at lumen field thanks for listening in and enjoy the rest of your Thursday. Go Hawks and go Rams.